Sweet people, we've got a secret for you guys. Something new. Yes, we're so excited about it. Yeah, it's going to be something really, really cool. What do you think it is, Michael? It's a way for you to contact the show. Yes. A new email address. Woo! Nope. No? No, not that. Oh, you mean like Instagram comments? Nope. Come on, man. What is it? No, man. This is a phone number. You can call us. You can leave us a comment on all of our episodes now. Dang, we got our own phone number now? Yeah, we're giving out our numbers, all you people out there. What is it? 623-404-6688. Ooh, that's pretty. Say it again. (laughs) 623-404-6688. Eight, eight. Love it. We want to hear from you guys. But just know, whatever you leave on that message machine, it could be played back on future episodes. So That's right. Keep it, you know, at least PG-13 rated. Right. Like you do that, right? Yeah, I can't help it. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening. Hell yeah. I don't like the bad language. To the Forging Fury. Forging Fury, Forging Fury podcast. It's a good thing I can do editing on this. <laughs> Why do I always laugh so much? What's so funny? This episode is brought to you by Modern Day Midwife, encouraging active pregnancies, supporting empowered birth, and growing strong, healthy families. For more information or to set up an appointment, contact Tracy Burns by visiting moderndaymidwife.com. What's going on, sweet people? This is Coach Riley, and on today's episode of the Forging Fury podcast, we have a close friend. His name is Rob Best. He is actually the owner of CrossFit Uru. But don't let me forget, I have this handsome man standing beside me, Michael Gray, my best friend. Yes. Can't forget that part, well, too. I appreciate it. Yes. Love it. <laughs> I got my hand on my hip, just like you oh, like. Oh, gosh. <laughs> We're actually holding our mics today, so everyone's a little bit more free to do with their hands. But, but Rob, what's going on? I'm just going to mirror Mike, and whatever he, whatever he does, <laughs> just he's crossing his arms, now I'm going to cross my arms. Riley will yell. At you. That's why I'm yeah. crossing my arms. Well, right. Michael will take pictures for our like social, and he'll have his hand like cocked on his hip. Like, I'm like what are you, a sorority girl? Like, what, what, what are you doing? Are you trying to make your butt look big? He's I don't know what teapot. this is. He's a little teapot. Yes, exactly. There you go. But Rob, we are actually live here with you at CrossFit Uru. Uh, this is a beautiful place. I've been here quite a few times, uh, and I love it. I always seem to come back this way. Um, and for those of you who have who may recognize that name when we interviewed jared mccauley this is where mm, he works at yes. he and his wife lily so that's a connection if you've uh, heard jared mccauley's episode which was a great one yeah let's get a brief history about crossover like how long have you been in this space how long have you been open like just tell us about the gym you know before we do that i have Unbelievable. to ask i don't i know <laughs> i don't get to talk very much so this is what i want to ask <laughs> okay ask it's not a big one i don't know what an uru is oh, so okay, start let's there. start with that because i've been dying to know what uru means and then you can tell the rest of the story it's a secret and you have to be a member. <laughs> wow. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Uh, actually, Uru is the material that Thor's hammer is made out of. Oh. You would recognize it if you paid any attention to the Avenger movies or comic books or anything like that. I've seen those. I, I don't remember. I'm not a big superhero, man. I'm more Star Wars, Harry right. Potter. So, uh, you know, you can't have both. You can either like Harry Potter or like superheroes. Well, and CrossFit Metachlorian is just too long to say. So. That's not bad. Man. Actually, that's going to be my next gym that I open up. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay, no. so now how'd you get this rolling? Now I'll let you go ahead and talk with Riley's question. Now, now I'll sit down and I'll be done. <laughs> okay. Uh, we've been here for a little over three and a half years, I believe. And uh, it's me and my wife, Lauren. Uh, who started this up, and, geez, uh, yeah, the, the CrossFit name, CrossFit Uru, you get, like, all these entries into 
uh, CrossFit HQ mm. and you try all these cool hip names, but they're all gone Yeah, and you're trying to start a business. So a week rolls by, they want another, they want another submission. They want another submission. And you're like, you know what, what's the most random thing I can think of? And I was like looking up in comic book stuff and I found Uru and I was like, okay, yeah. Does that sound okay? I always like it. The process that people go through when they're opening an affiliate is that they have to submit the name to HQ, and if they don't approve it, you got to find another one. Right. So this was a lot easier in 2006, a lot, a lot easier in 2007 yeah. when there weren't that many. But now that there's affiliates all over the world, like everyone's in all the good names are taken. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's the legend of Uru. And now um, Uru's taken. So and now Uru's taken. Yeah. <laughs> Look, finding anything more specific. I'm sure it's been submitted so many times. Um, but yeah, so we were, I was a part owner in a CrossFit gym uh, for a couple of years before we uh, branched out on our own. And Lauren and I started this up about three and a half years ago. Uh, at the same time that we started CrossFit Uru, Lauren was just taking her, she was eight months pregnant and uh, trying to pass her boards. She's a physical therapist. So we did all three things <laughs> like, was a great in timing. the same month. <laughs> wow. So it was a really stressful time for us, and uh, we're just lucky to have survived through all that. So when we got the ball rolling the first year, what were some of the hurdles that you went through as a gym owner? Like just getting people in the door or like f- establishing a good schedule? Like what were the hurdles, the first couple hurdles that you guys had to fit, uh, face when you opened up CrossFit Uru? Um, well, I mean, I came over here with, I think, 17 members, so, uh, we only took up a little bit of the space and, uh, yeah, getting our, getting our name out there was really, is still to this day, kind of the most challenging really the name of the game. Marketing, marketing, marketing. Um, but we just kind of doubled down on just building strong personal relationships with everybody that came through the door. It was the only thing that I knew that it was like, that's my strength. So I just focused on the person, like who came in giving them all the attention that I had. If they needed extra training after class, just giving it to them. Um, you know, and that's just kind of the way that I think we are uh, and have always been at Uru. It's just extremely welcoming and always just putting the individual first. Yeah. And, and I can mm. attest to that. I've walked, I've walked through the door here with, I mean, Jerry McCauley and Lily McCauley um, and Rob treated me like I was a long lost brother. Like nice. you would have thought that we'd known each other in a previous life. Like cool. everyone here was super inviting, super open, super, I mean, it was, it was like I was my second home. This is what I call CrossFit Uru is my second home. Yeah. yeah he we, talked about it a lot. Yeah. So he, that you, you were one of the first gyms he wanted to go and talk to. So yeah. Yeah. you've been on our list. Yeah. Let's, let's also mention where they are. They are uh, Peoria Avenue and uh, I-17 is your major yep. major cross street. So if you're in the North Phoenix area, this is definitely a place you got to check out. What, what's cool about this gym is they have a really good uh, relationship with GCU, Grand Canyon University. Tell us a little bit about that, Rob. Go Lopes. Yeah, go Lopes. The alumni right yeah. here. Oh, really? Graduated in 2000, back when it looked like a uh, oh, man. summer camp for wayward boys. Not, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the place it looks like now. No, they've grown a lot. Um, so you, we had a couple members, uh, Grant and Carter, shout out. Mm-hmm. They, uh, out of the goodness of their heart, they were out there on GCU track and field Tuesdays and Thursday nights, and they were just running these, like, group CrossFit sessions. And they, uh, they were members here, and they told me, like, hey, we got, like, 40 kids out there on a Tuesday night. I was like, how many? And he's like, 40. I had 20 members. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you should bring them all over here. <laughs> and so they brought them all over here, and uh, that really started the relationship that we had with GCU. Um, and since then, we've kind of founded our own official club sport over at, at GCU, uh, where Uru is, like, home base for that. So they, they split time if you're a GCU club member uh, you are a full-time member at CrossFit Uru. 
uh, but you also get some like two or three classes uh, over at GCU. So you split time basically between the two places. Yeah, that's been an awesome relationship. So we have a member at CrossFit Fury. Her name is Hannah. Yeah. And she like she was like, yeah, I'm going to GCU now. And they have a CrossFit club. And I was like, wait, is it you you get to go to CrossFit Fury if you're part of the club, right? She's like, yeah. I was like, you need to go. So she's been two or three times. And I right. was like, that's so cool. I mean, even when I was in college, there wasn't anything like that. Uh, but I feel like for an opportunity for college kids that are into fitness, like, which is, I mean, the last thing probably most kids are into right. at college, but maybe GCU is a little bit no, different. No, GCU is different. Like that, <laughs> that group of kids, like they're, they've got their heads all yeah, on straight. Exactly. University of South Carolina, Carolina. <laughs> the kids weren't really into fitness. Yeah, like, they couldn't no. get into GCU. There were too many six packs and bicep curls mm. to the, <laughs> with, with beer cans to get into fitness. But yeah, I, I mean, I think that's an, it, insane opportunity for those kids like has it been cool working with that demographic like college kids sometimes can be great sometimes can not be not so great uh no i've not met one that is not great mm. exceptional human beings is well, all i can say you're lucky uh yeah they're a lot of fun to work with um they're just eager and they're all just so fit at 18 yeah right all their bodies work <laughs> and there's no injuries like wow your knees don't crack when you squat wow man i remember those days yeah, we're I, gonna run eight 400s yeah. and uh we think we're gonna break them and then they're just like <laughs> laughing and smiling yeah, at the end a of good it warm up. Like, okay, Thanks, coach. Geez, Do a majority of those kids they come from playing sports in high school and they just kind of keep following through with with physical activity yep that's, what, that's basically what that's find. a huge thing man when kids get to college like they either get into, I mean, they get into drugs or they get into partying or they get into things and then, and then they put on a whole bunch of weight. That freshman 15 is really a thing. Like, mm. and, and That's for, where I overachieved. I got a freshman 20. Nice. That's what I got. RX plus. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> RX plus, baby. <laughs> so just making it, what are the, if, if, how does the process go when they come from GC? Is just basically a club they attend? Like, tell us a little bit more logistics of that. Well, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm guessing you don't deal with their athletic department. Like, that's going to be, they're, they're going to do their own training. So you're doing non-athletic mm-hmm. students. This is just normal population of the school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're available to anybody at GCU. We are a recognized club sport. But outside of that, GCU has no influence over, like, what we do okay. or every program. Uh, we've reached out and talked to them before. They're just pretty much, like, cool we like what you guys are doing you yeah. guys are out so there they're pretty, you guys have a good relationship absolutely oh, that's yeah. too. they're cool they're nice. just, uh, yeah but yeah no i mean the program itself kind of changes and evolves a little bit every year and we mm. get a little bit better at what we're doing yeah um this was the first we used to run just single classes where we'd have all these kids at uru right and it was only gcu what we found is that that kind of felt like they were separated from their regular mm. membership and we didn't like that that was like that just didn't feel right like they don't feel like they're real members here so that's why this year we just went and said, you guys are just full members. If you guys can't participate at two, a Tuesday or Thursday night at 630, then you can just come to any class time. That's awesome. That's right? cool. And then, well, they, then they do the open with us, not as a separate yeah. open for GCU, which they used to do as well. We've just learned. It's like that's, that's Well, not, some of those, I know a lot of those kids that mm-hmm. are coming from GCU and a lot of the, the fellas and the ladies out there are freak athletes. So, like, are, yeah, man. welcome on in. Yeah, let's yeah. let's see how crazy your open scores are. Didn't right. Shout out to my boy Ben. Didn't you tell me, like, last year he beat Rich Froning? And he was workout? three reps short. Let's okay, not three, give Okay, too much three credit. reps short from Ben, our friend Ben. Ben's, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a little. Oh, yeah. Ben. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He was three reps short of beating Rich Froning in an open workout, which I think is pretty cool if you ask me. That is pretty cool. He's been really great. Ben's been a part of a program we started at uh, at CrossFit Fury, uh, Cultivating Change. I'm plugging my own program. By yeah, the way. you should. Um, and it's just, it's been cool. Um, it's basically a program based around behavioral changes and trying to change people's patterns with food. Mm. Um, and boy, has it been some eye-opening experiences uh, right. where you think people are in their food journey and what, where they actually are is... Uh, uh, it's a bit different, but it's been fun. And if I can be 
in their head when they're making choices when it comes to food or anything like that. So I think we're making progress. Like mm-hmm. we're about halfway in now. And I think people are starting to make a little bit better decisions instead of having Skittles for lunch or having, you know, real <laughs> right. food. Right. And I'm a client, so I'm sure I'm probably <laughs> adding some stress to your life. No, but. no, you're doing great, buddy. <laughs> All right, great. Yeah, that's cool. But so, okay, let's go year two, year three. What, what things did you do right? What things have you done that you think like, wow, this was a great idea. I wish we would have done that right from the, from the get. Like, what are some, some, some wins, some wins from CrossFit? Well, I mean, as a, like, just, I was doing this all kind of on my own. I was playing head coach, you know, back office and doing it all myself. I I was kind of lying to myself back then saying like, I want to be the CrossFit owner that coaches 30 classes a week. And I don't care what anyone else is doing. I think Mm. they're, they're wrong for not being out there on the Mm -hmm. floor and being an important role, you know, all this kind of nonsense. And, um, I mean, I had a couple other coaches with me back then, but it was actually bringing on a business manager, uh, mm. Francis, who yeah. Which, I who've I've met. She's a sweet lady, sweet lady. But I think she could see that I was just overwhelmed and nothing else other than classes being coached was really getting done, whether that's getting, you know, orders done for uh, office supplies or toilet paper or cleaning the restrooms. I mean, whatever it was, it was somebody that back there at the back end, just like taking care of all of that kind of day-to-day operation stuff, which is a no brainer probably for most CrossFit owners, but I don't have a business degree or any yeah. degree for that matter. So it was just, I think that once she took that side of the business over, I think we started to really grow. Well, I think when you put someone else in charge and they can do a lot of things that that makes you better at your job. Like if you were now coaching more, you can be a better coach because you don't have to worry about that. Right. It's like putting in people in positions. Well, first of all, trusting someone good enough to put them in a position that's huge. And just you're for asking for help. I mean, that that's huge for me is like, I don't like to ask for help. Mm. So even saying, Hey, I need you to help me with this. That eventually leads for you to be better at your job. Like having someone help you makes you better to do what you do best. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, mean that's, like, that's the, that's, that's the, that was probably the defining moment for me. It was like, Oh, it's not all you. Mm. You're not going to succeed all by yourself. So you're going to have to ask people for help. And when Francis stepped up and showed me that that was, that was the way then, I mean, now fast forward to today, which we won't skip by, but yeah. Oh, now I'm, now I'm so <laughs> You're like, yeah, I, you got it. I, no, now I meet people and uh. I'm like, what do you do? Because I'm so, I want to know if you can help me. Yeah, <laughs> right? Right. What do you do? If well, like, something- I mean, stereotypical, like man thoughts or people thoughts is that if we show any type of, we, uh, if we, if we need your help, we're now weak. Like we oh, are, for sure. we're weak for needing help. We're, mm. we're weak for accepting help and things like that's huge for me. I struggle with that 24 seven. It's oh, like yeah. being able to accept help, which yeah. is, which is tough, but it actually works in, in the counterintuitive way is like you become stronger by receiving help. Right. Showing your weakness yeah, 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 right, yeah. is a way Vulnerability to get stronger. Is strength mm. when it comes to, uh, I mean, running a business, apparently it works well. Uh, well, we'll go off on a tangent. This is getting already getting pretty deep, but, um, so how many, uh, how many coaches do you have on staff now? Uh, we keep it small. Yeah. Uh, there's still, there's five coaches, but three that run probably 85% of the classes and I'm, and I'm still one of them. Okay. So, so you like having, you, you talked about earlier about having personal relationships with people and that being that the most important, I think when people come to your class or like coaches class, they're coming to that class for you, mm. like that relationship. So, I mean, to keep it consistent, I think that's, that's probably a great idea. I mean, right. I don't need to tell you you're doing a great, but, um, do you think that 
that developing that personal relationship is the most important thing you could look on a coaching like perspective. Like, so if I'm, if I'm trying to get hired at Cross Uru, what are three things that you look for in a coach? Ooh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Number one, I mean, the philosophy is simple. We're here to help as many people as possible. So that has to be your mindset. That means that you're not going to be over in the corner, just helping the one percenters and you're mm-hmm. not going to be, or, or the other way, you're not just going to help the ones that are the most helpless. Yeah. You're, you're going to help every single person. So yeah, building strong personal connections is the philosophy. Totally. Um, then comes your skill set, right? Mm. Like the knowledge base that you have and that we're speaking the same language. And then I would guess that openness to change mm. <laughs> and yeah. criticism Definitely. is important because that's what I'm terrible at. So we can't have two of those people. <laughs> I'm super yeah. defensive. <laughs> so yeah, no, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I think. And that's what I, that's what's taken me a long time to really be selective on the people that you choose. Um, it's really important. And before maybe like my hand would be forced oh i need somebody just Mm. anybody will do yeah right not anymore yeah i think that you're i mean you hit the nail on the head with the the first thing is being people skills like when it comes to being a good coach like that's the most important part like you can read you can you can learn everything later like you can learn Mm -hmm. technique to snatch you can learn everything about gymnastics and everything that comes like you that's the least of my like you know, my priorities as looking at a coach is like, how can you like interact with people from day one when they come in the door? Do you greet them? Like little things like that. And that's like something you can't coach, like right. uncoachables right. is what I look for. Number one in a, in a, a good CrossFit coach is like in football, they call it intangibles. Oh. You oh. want someone with good intangibles. Right. But what are those things though? I don't know. Like uncoachables, like those things, like maybe just having good body language is something that I look for is like, how are they like, Oh, open. Is their, is their body language open to conversation to like, do they meet and greet people when they come in and out of the door? Like I want a goodbye and I want a hello from yeah. like my coaches. I want you to feel like this is your house as much as it is my house. Mm. So I want to say hello and I want to say goodbye to everyone as they leave. I might be the only, only no, one that does it. I think I that's a, important. I have a flow chart, like mm. a flow chart written up mm. and it's what every coach gets to look at. First thing on the list is every person that walks in the door, you say hello to. You Almost say like, by have you ever been to CC's Pizza when they, welcome yeah. to CC's. Like, it not is. since I started cultivating change. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or it's Starbucks. Good. Starbucks has an educational yeah. process. Mm. And like, I mean, it's the, same, it's the same school of thought. It's just a habit. And once you get in that habit of just attacking, we say attack them. Like when they come through <laughs> the door, attack them. In a nice Especially way, Especially if a stranger walks in. Mm. You better get off your ass. Excuse my language. Yeah, and go know, over you're there because no, nothing pisses me off more <laughs> than walking into a CrossFit gym, right, and standing there for 20 minutes and yeah. no one says hi to me. And I've, I've done that in a drop-in when Ooh. it was in Utah. I'm not going to name the gym, but I mm. felt like I was just not welcome there. And they right. knew I was from out of town. Nobody came and talked to me. The coach didn't talk to me. So oh, yeah. it's good to have coaches that are, you know, outgoing. And you know, when they're not coaching here, they could always go work at Dutch Bros because those guys are really outgoing. <laughs> yeah, Chick Fil A sure. and Dutch Bros are like man. Yeah. That's like those people are on another level. Dutch Bros takes it a little too far, I think. But right. yeah, they're almost too Good crazy. Coffee. Anyway, but right. when like I as a coach, I spend more time at CrossFit Fury than I do any other place. Like even my own home. So like when someone comes into my house and I don't know who they are, like I want to know who the hell is in my house as soon as possible. I don't want to know. Like I don't want you to be in like purgatory at a CrossFit gym. Like I don't know what I'm doing here. Especially like you're looking around. I'm like, well, hello, hello. How can I help you? Can I do something? Like anything to help that person feel a little bit more comfortable walking in the door. Mm. Because number one, I think people struggle with that the most. It's just walking in the door. Like that is the number one problem. It's like, I don't, I don't know how to do that. Like 
like, I don't fit in here. I don't know what I'm doing. And if you make that process worse for them, like you're not going to keep them. Yeah. For I don't sure. think so. Yeah. You got to acknowledge that everybody that walks through <laughs> that door, regardless of the way that they look on their face, yeah. they're terrified. Well, we've right? talked to people in the past and interviewed them. It's like, they have this like almost like, like panic attack in their car before walking in the door. Oh yeah. Like if, and when we talked to Lisa, she talked about it as like coming back to the gym. She, she, she knew what it was like and she still had, a yeah, she struggled with <laughs> just attack. coming back in the door. Like, I mean, that is huge for people. And if you can take any bear barrier to entry is like, that's make it easy for them to come in make it easier for them to feel comfortable. And, right. And, and as coaches, you need to know that oh. they're out there. Like I, I know a story of a woman who shared with me, she was so nervous to come in that she just drove around the building over <laughs> and over and over and over until she finally went home. Wow. Then she came back the next day. She told me yesterday, oh, she's good. like, yesterday I was here, but we went and I, I went and just drove around the building like six wow. times. And wow. then I was like, wow, it's unbelievable. You're that, what, you're what that do you nervous. think about exercise that makes people that nervous? I think it's the community. I think it's just walking into a, you know, a, you know, CrossFit's clicky mm, and people definitely. are all here and they're all having a great time and it's, yeah. it, you don't know anybody. They all know each other. So it's a very intimidating oh, environment sure. regardless of the physical activity. It's yeah. just the environment. If you're not like, I don't know, like the super, super outgoing personality going into a room full of people that you don't know is like your worst nightmare. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, it's like, your worst nightmare. Yeah, I, I can imagine. I'm not like that at all. I don't have that bone in my body, but I can recognize that in other versions of other parts of my life. I'm like, I get real, real nervous like right here. So I know what you feel like when you walk in the door. Right. But Rob, you have a very uh, interesting uh, past or history that I want to touch on just a little bit. I mean... Tell us what led you to cross it. Um, you you mean like my drug problems? Well, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, okay. just kidding, but I really want to know. Just like that's that. for reals. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I've uh, been sober for over seven years. Um, you know, like the month day. Oh yeah, I was uh, seven sixteen twelve nice. is my sobriety date. Hell yeah! Wow. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I grew up here in Phoenix. I played sports high school quarterback, baseball player, and all that kind of stuff. But then probably in my early 20s, I started, uh, I was always a hard user. You know, I drank a lot, drank till I blacked out, used drugs, every drug. Mm -hmm. um, but I wasn't really an addict until I was about 24 years old. What uh, was like the first drug that you First drug I experimented ever did? with, yeah. Uh, alcohol. Okay. When I was seventh grade, I drank an entire bottle of gin. Whoa. Rode out on my bike. They say gin leaves a sin. That's yep, what I yep. hear. <laughs> and I, and, I, and I, uh, I passed out on my bicycle your on first, the street. Your first DUI? My dad, yeah, my first DUI. <laughs> my dad caught me. Wow. So, yeah, I was, I was a hard drinker from day one. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I got tangled up with, um, in, a, in, a, in a bad relationship when I was about 24. Started popping painkillers just for fun. I had no, I had no injuries, but I also had no clue that you could develop a physical dependency to a substance. Like I didn't know, right. Mm. I completely had no idea. I was naive to that. So day one, day two, day three, coming home from work, popping bikes, popping perks, popping bikes, popping bikes. Yeah. Sounds like a rap song. <laughs> and uh, after, after two weeks, right. We were out of the pills that we had, but I was like, Oh my God, I need more pills. So get me some more pills. And I found a guy or, you know, a girl and, and it was off to the races really. And just daily usage and it never slowed down for me. It just increased and increased. Did your tolerance for that drug increase as Absolutely. well? Like you needed to take more to Absolutely. get that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the typical, that's what you'll hear a lot, especially some people can kind of like maintain a pretty steady dosage, but I happen to be someone who would just always do more or do mm. as much as I could get my hands on. Yeah. So, I mean, I've got up to a solid, like, I don't know, probably two or $300 a day habit. 
That's an expensive habit. It was a very expensive habit. <laughs> uh, and that turned into heroin use because heroin's cheaper. And um, there's a long story that goes all along with all this, but kicked, uh, yeah, I know, <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I kicked my uh, opiate and heroin addiction with crystal meth. Another um, drug addict friend yeah. of mine at the time was like, oh, if you're really struggling with these opiates, you know, you Trade should try for crystal meth. Yeah. My sister used it and it works like a charm. So sure enough, I tried so crystal meth. So the methadone meth. was the meth. Yes. Just the meth. It worked like a charm. And um, not to make light of the situation, but no, I find no, no, no. it. I'm, it's the only way I cope with it is to laugh about all this stuff. So yeah, so then I'm probably 28 years old when I first get introduced to crystal meth. I'm doing crystal meth, Xanax, and bath salts. Wow. So I was really struggling to keep like reality. Um, a lot of hallucinating. I think when I first, when I last, the, the night I got arrested, um, where my life really turned around, I was up in a tree in front of some stranger's house. I thought the world was um, bursting into flames and like there was lava. I can still vividly remember the, the hallucinations that I was having. Uh-huh. So the police officers arrested me, took me to jail. I had drugs on me. Uh, that night in jail, they had to like isolate me. I was really, really out of it. Um, I actually assaulted a police officer the next morning, and I mean, it just didn't Spiral. stop. It didn't stop. Yeah. So they checked me into a rehab involuntarily. For the, yeah, for the first time in I don't know seven years, I had like my first day of sobriety, and and from that moment, like I started getting a little bit clearer. Rehab yeah. was awesome, and uh, yeah, I, I relapsed again after that. And uh, went back to the same rehab eight months later, and uh, I've been sober ever since. Yeah. So, I have so many questions. I know. And and I don't want to berate you with these questions. And if you're like, nah, let's do it, we can cut it out. But, like, what was, so you went to rehab, and then you went a second time. Like, what was mm. that process of, like, coming off drugs? Like, like coming from being pretty intoxicated full time to coming off of those, like, bodily effects, like, mm. mental mental state. Like, what was that like? It was just like quitting caffeine. Ooh. No, I'm kidding. Oh, oh I was like, God, I hope not. <laughs> no. Uh, opiates withdrawals were, I mean, it's like the worst feeling in the world physically and emotionally. It's really, really hard. Um, you feel like you have the flu and every nerve ending is firing. Even you can smell everything. I mean, it's the weirdest thing. And that's why you don't ever want to feel it. Mm. And you'll go out and do whatever it takes to get more. Yeah. Meth was more of... It wasn't, I mean, I was always separated because I went to jail. So like when I got locked up, I would sober up in jail and, um, you're just an emotionally drained person, right? You're, I'm 165 pounds of just, you know, hormones are a wreck and I'm just crying and crying for like 12 straight days. Uh, and I I think a lot of that is, is chemical, but at the same time, it's like you are realizing for the first time in years all of the wreckage, you know, mm. it's the, I've abandoned, had a child that I abandoned at the time. Um, I mean, I'd stolen just thousands of dollars from yeah. friends and family. I mean, I, you know, you wake up to that all of a sudden, oh man, I got to own up to all this now. Yeah. And the, and the party's over. So yeah, it was really, really tough. Like, I'm just like, you're, the way you're speaking about this is like, like amazing. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. you can go through all these trials and tribulations, but, and then you come back and you're able to talk about it. And I feel like that's just like, I, I can see your face when you talk about this, like that's your purpose. Like there, I mean, you don't need me to tell your purpose, but like when you're talking about that and I can see like, especially what you've got going on, wink, wink, we'll talk about his project that he's got going on. But like, dude, like that's a hell of a story to come out of that mm-hmm. on top and meet your wife and now have 
two sons like that you've come full circle with man i just i can't tell you how admirable that is and like i'm almost in tears over here mm. like yeah it's my I mean, it's interesting because just having this conversation with you i can feel myself like really hesitant about talking about business because yeah. i'm uncertain <laughs> about business right yeah. I'm, a, I'm a new entrepreneur and i'm learning as i go and dude it's like, if you can figure but that, when it comes to addiction yeah. i'm certain about well, it if you can, <laughs> like, if you I, can I figure that out then this is a breeze dude yeah. like to figure out how to get your life back together figure sure. out how to be the, a good husband a good father like that shit's way harder than running a business i, I mean i can only assume i can oh, only yeah. assume but you 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 definitely you've kicked it dude that's amazing yeah, self-work. It's all self-work. Though. Yeah. Like when I got sober, the thing that, the reason why I went back to that same rehab, the reason that it was so important to me, I was facing a year in prison, and I told the judge, I want to go back to that place because whatever was going on in there, it was working, mm-hmm. you know. And I did relapse, but I think I know where I went wrong. And they were they were opening my mind up to like, you know, all my character defects, all the things that had gone wrong, all my poor decision-making skills and where those stem from. And it was like that was self-work. It, like 12 steps? Uh, it was mm-hmm. a 12-step okay. program, but they also did like a lot of like cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. And there was just, just great counselors there who would take you in and talk to you about your personal stories and all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean, once I got onto that, I've never stopped. Even mm-hmm. now, seven years later, I'm obsessed with self-help and yeah. motivation and like all of that kind yeah. of stuff. To bring it full circle, what are you working on now? Like oh. in this moment now, like oh. well, in the last couple of weeks, like what are you, what are you putting in the work in? Like we had a, a previous guest, Megan Lascotti says she's not, she hasn't done the work. She's in the work, which yeah, I, yeah. I thought that was, that was awesome. In the work is we're always in the work. For sure. Uh, what are you in the work on right now? Uh, I just finished Malcolm Gladwell's newest book. Oh, what was God, it? That was Tell awesome. us about it. We're loving Talking to strangers. Did you guys get to that yet? I, no. I have not read that one. Uh, it was excellent. Um, that one's not really more about self-help. The one I'm reading right now is called Habit. And that's a really good book. And it really breaks into people with habits and breaking habit change or mm. making habit change yeah. and stuff and where that all comes from. So that, that's really fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, well, we, we deal with people that are stuck in habits and we're trying to almost bring them out sure. of those. So like the more the information that you can have on how people form habits and things like that, like right. we're trying to break habits and form new ones here at, I mean, when we coach CrossFit or at a gym of anything like that. So yeah, oh, that's, yeah. That, that's something that like we, we share in common, especially with Fury and, and the way mm. that I know that they, they look at that functional medicine because that's something that me and Lauren, Lauren's a physical therapist, my wife, and I'm a CrossFit coach. And both of us started at the same time, right, three years ago. And being out there in the field watching people, we realized like it's not – it's it's behavior, right? Mm. It's like we all have behavioral or habitual issues, oh, yeah. not – eating issues i mean mm. it's a it's a habit or it starts somewhere else well, it's all the same thing it's all the same yeah, thing it's, it's a, so interesting that we all think come to this conclusion both ends of the spectrum are two different things but they're all the same like right. everything's the same like addiction to drugs addiction mm. to exercise addiction to food addiction to sex addiction yep. to different things it's all the same wiring like if we could all i think we as a human race if we acknowledge that like it would bring us a little bit more together and a little bit more compassion because like the people that are addicted to exercise kind of like look down or like look down on the people that are addicted to drugs or right. addicted to food like oh how can you not eat that how can you how can you want to eat that and you're like right this is the same well well you are so neurotic about your gym time and eating this and eating that it's the same thing like and that's been huge for me lately is like recognizing that it is the same struggle 
that I have here, that's the same struggle that they have there. I agree with you. I agree with what you're saying. It's all kind of behavioral and everyone has their own control over what they do, whether it be on drugs or whether it be with food. Fortunately for me, my food addiction does not have the same type of consequences that a drug addiction would. So I'm thankful for that. But we all, we all have something we're fighting. And I think that's something that's important to remember. So, um, with, with all of this that you've gone through and all the studying you've been doing now, you're creating something new and unique, a uh, nonprofit of your own. Why don't we talk about that? Sure. Uh, the Barbell Saves Project. Um, it's something that uh, I have been thinking about for uh, ever since I got into CrossFit, obviously. I, when I found CrossFit six years ago, I was about a year sober. And uh, when I first was introduced to CrossFit, I was like, oh, I'm going to own a CrossFit gym and I'm going to help addicts. Mm. You know, fast forward. It did, it did, it was, that was a lot on my plate at the time. Um, with all the coaches with, hours with, and no, running a business just, yeah, yeah, and all yeah. that. I was like, okay, I don't know. I don't really know what I'm talking about, but actually there was a, a woman in Reno name. I think her name is like Chrissy McCray and she owns a company called reps for recovery. And people on your audience probably have heard of her cause of like deadlifts and donuts or mm. whatever. And, um, yeah, I kind of kept my eye on her and I saw what she was doing and I was like, mm, it seems like it's possible. And then one of my coaches brought to me an article about her and, and, you know, he really kind of pushed me. He's like, you know, I think you should try this, uh, try to start a nonprofit or try to help addicts like you'd always wanted to. So we reached out, we found, you know, the right people to help. Again, we found a CPA who could get Mm. the papers filed and start the process. And then some other folks take notice of what we're doing. And one thing leads to another. And then we have like a sit down with ASU and we meet with their school of essentially behavioral health. And, uh, they're like, cool, we want to partner with you and we want to be on your board. So we're going to help you get this thing going. So the Barbell Saves Project is a community-based exercise program for men and women in recovery from drugs and alcohol. So all you got to have is 48 hours of self-prescribed uh, or self-ascribed. Okay. <laughs> we, went for, we went to the judges on that one. Wait, what was Basically, so, you need to be sober for 48 hours. Yes, you just yeah. got to say that you're sober you, for 48 hours. And, uh, and then we'll provide you with essentially a CrossFit class. Mm. Uh, you know, that's, it's what I'm good at. And it's, it's makes sense for, uh, for us ad- alcoholics and addicts. It, so it anyway, does make sense. It makes perfect <laughs> sense. <laughs> so that's what we've been doing, uh, is just running classes for the last two months. Uh, we've got like over 40 individuals who have come in. Um, I'd say we have about Somebody 20, 25 did. people that are reoccurring and, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been awesome. How often do they come? Uh, we do it three days a week. We do it uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday for for now at eleven thirty, twelve thirty, and one thirty. So not the most opportune time, but we've already filled them up. So yeah, well, that's kind of cool. You're doing pretty good. I, I mean, right now we're just uh, at the growing stage of the barbell saves. You know, we're just running these classes right now, just nine a week, and we'd like to see that grow. I don't um, like how you say just nine a week. You are just, yeah, you are a lot nine a week. It's a nine a week. We're we doing are nine, nine a week. week. Yeah. We are. <laughs> Hey, it was three a week just uh, four weeks ago. Exactly. Um, but yeah, we have reached out to like the Phoenix Rescue Mission. They love the idea. They'd like to see us, you know, bring the barbell saves over to them. Um, everywhere we go, they're like, cool, we love what you're doing yeah. and we want to see it. There's very uh, few we people that be like, grow. we don't want to help people that are suffering with addiction. Like there's right. very few people that are like, no, that's not right. my bag. The one time that does happen is like when you're checking out the grocery stores, like, would you like to help people with addiction on the little screen? Yeah. And you feel like... 
No, not <laughs> like, really. I, I want to, but that, <laughs> you kind of put me on the spot here. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel like that's. Is that an effective way to get people to? It help just makes you? me feel guilty because I'm, I'm like, or no, like, I don't want to help homeless pets today. I, was, <laughs> I hate children. All right, <laughs> but I do. Uh, they always uh, at a gas station like like if you pay with cash, like do you want to give this thirty seven cents away? I'm like, keep your thirty seven cents. Like here, I don't. I don't want right. it. Out of the goodness that, of your that's heart, that's effective. Yeah, yeah, that's effective. Yeah, I think that these companies out there realize. I don't know how unique the Barbell Saves project is until I go out there into the recovery space and I go into halfway houses and companies like CMS and I go out to the Phoenix Rescue Mission and everywhere I go, I feel like I'm just taught, like, you guys haven't thought of this already, you know, and they're like, no, we've tried to implement some sort of fitness and nutrition plan, but it usually just falls by the wayside because it's not our primary focus. Mm. And that makes sense to me as a business owner. It's like, oh, I get it. But also that I'm uniquely qualified being a CrossFit coach and what we're running here is essentially CrossFit classes. That's where they've gone wrong. They, that's where they're struggling is to mm-hmm. run a community, a really successful community-based class, um, uh, write the programming, the, the equipment, how to use it all. All you know, the like stuff all they have to worry stuff. about, you're taking care of it. Yeah, because we've been doing CrossFit for seven years. So, I mean, it all was there um, yeah. and it's what that community really needed. Um, yeah, we were, we were lucky enough to also uh, have a community partner in a company called uh, Community Medical Services, or CMS, and uh, the majority of their staff is also in recovery. So they have been kind of built that foundation for us, people that are in a little bit longer-term sobriety. Uh, they've come in, and then they'll bring in patients from their business, and that's really helped us um, accelerate the program and get it running. Um, but we are also out there in, you know, 12 step meetings and going to conventions and, you know, trying to promote and get as, get as much, uh, notoriety as we can right now. I'm still looking for like my thing that I really want to make a ripple in the universe mm. with. Like I'm still searching for that. Like I've, maybe this is it. I mean, hopefully the fortune jury podcast is it, but, uh, like that, that is like monumental. Like you can be like the stick in the road that's going to change people's lives. And like, if that doesn't put a ripple in the universe, I don't know what does. So yeah. that is, oh, I don't want to say a bad word on here, but that is <laughs> as badass as it gets, dude. And if you need like anyone to like pat you on the back and be like, slap on the ass, you're doing it. You're, you're effing doing it, dude. I take a slap on the ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. dude, you're, you're rocking it. You're doing yeah. what you always said you wanted to do. And that's, uh, uh that's, that's yeah. amazing. That's amazing to see someone do what they always wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to get the opportunity to, to interview one of uh, the people that come and get to take part in that in another episode. And we're excited for that and get, yeah. get to hear a real life story of someone who's going through it, isn't involved in it and, and that kind of thing. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, for sure. That's really yeah, cool. We want to save some of that for that episode. But so I do have a question about how you pick the name because a little background on me, my dad, I grew up in Salt Lake city, Utah. I was, not, I'm not a Mormon. My dad was a Southern <laughs> Baptist pastor up there. Hashtag not Mormon. And <laughs> it, we would go down once about once a quarter to the rescue mission downtown where we'd feed the homeless and stuff like this. And there's always a big sign that said, Jesus saves on the wall. And when I see the barbell <laughs> saves, I kind of think that it's, it seems like it's something along those lines. Like you're just saying, Hey, here's another uh, Here's another thing that can really pull you out of this. Is that kind of where you got the name, or does it just happen to be no, <laughs> similar? I, no, I like your story better. <laughs> like, we're stealing your story now. That. That's cool. Um, I just remember that as a little kid. I, there's always a sign up there, and we're, you know, we're feeding people, and it's, it's people with addictions, same type of thing. I didn't know if there was some connection with, with that. No, I mean, when I, when it just, it's something that I thought up, um, it just made sense to me. Uh, it, there's no, there's no flashy story to go behind it. Actually, if it any, just, you it's just, just meant, make one up. I can make one up. Yeah, <laughs> I like no. it though. But I mean, it's obviously working. It, it's something that is meeting a need that they have, and um, 
It's huge. I, I love that. Yeah, I have, my, yeah, my story is when I got sober, I lived, I went to jail for 30 days, a rehab for 30 days. Then I lived in a halfway house uh, down in South Phoenix for, I don't know, eight months. So my first year was tough. And the only thing that I did was exercise. I mean, yeah. if you could interview my parents, uh, God bless them because they supported me. I, I told them, I don't know what it is about this, but this is what I need to do. Uh, and I, what I was talking about was just exercising <laughs> and they just let me do it. I'd be up at four o'clock in the morning. I'd hike Squaw Peak Mountain up and down, up and down, up and down. I'd come home, sleep, go to LA Fitness, train for three or four hours. And I was just, I was addicted to it, but I was staying sober. Sure. Uh, I was working my program. I was going to meetings and it, it was just such an integral role of my like sobriety in the first couple of months that uh, I what, really do. What add. I really like about mm. exercise is it makes me very present in the current moment. Do you think that that kind of helps with that situation is like, Hey dude, when I'm sweating and I'm breathing hard, like I'm here, like I'm here, I'm not worried about what's going on. Or if, if I want to like get high, like, do you think that that exercise just brings you like, like tunnel oh, yeah. vision of like, I'm here, I'm present. Yeah. It gives you a lot of clarity yeah. um, and focus. It wasn't my intention to get that from the exercise. I think it mm. was just the only thing back then that I could control. I had lost every friend. My only, my father would speak to me. I mean, it was bad. And so the only thing I could, when you say that, dude, I can't see can't you see like that. that. I, I can't know. see that at all, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't. So it was, it was like, take responsibility for yourself. Mm. Right. And, and the only way that I know how, like I'm waking up in this shithole <laughs> yeah. and the only thing I can be responsible for right now is my physical health. So get up and go. And even when I don't want yeah. to, you know, listen to the motivational stuff right at the four o'clock in the morning. Hell yeah. Don't wait, just go like, just do it and do it as hard as you can for the entire day and control that. And I think that's where the level of like, you know, hard work and dedication, that, that habit stuck around. Well, I think that those habits that you built coming out, like, those what like they kind of hung on like I mean you've been hardworking and pushing forward and just go like you've been just going and and great things have been happening well you see that with the members of the Barbell States Project now these guys and girls that do have a little bit longer recovery time right they've also learned that along the way Mm -hmm. and when they came into the Barbell Saves it was like they came on day one day two day three they never missed right and you see like man there's so much more they're actually better than the average population of my crossfit gym right like when people sign up and they're they're flaky no addicts man that are that are in recovery (laughs) they they're junkies they don't miss they don't miss (laughs) well i think too you talked about your first year of, of of trying to go through recovery and stuff and it seems like there's a lot of loneliness and a lot of inactivity with people who are going through this so i can imagine getting off your butt coming in here and working hard and you kind of feel that the next day that's probably got to be some benefit because idleness is the devil's playground i think peter edge said that in one of his his talks but that's kind of what i think is missing like activity and that activity has to be huge and Mm. i think that's a a great thing it would work for me if i if i need that or just getting involved with another group of people that are have like-minded habits and behaviors like hey these people they want to work out they want to eat healthy and they don't want to get high like just put yourself with people that you want to be like and i feel like you'll those that rub off on you and those good patterns will will uh mm-hmm. will kind of go forward i think dude i love this program how, how can we help you <laughs> we yeah. want, we all, i'd like to be a part of it somehow yeah. i want to well, be you, part dude, of you making this you're work. not in recovery bro you have to do drugs okay well you're out <laughs> i gotta slide down the hill first yeah. before i can help great <laughs> let's not do that
Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, what, I mean, we're getting the word out here with the podcast, but I'd love to be a part of helping you spread this even further, whether it's yeah, this is extremely helpful. I mean, do this they, is uh, why I took this. Do you guys interview. have social? Like, at, yeah, like, absolutely. Okay. Check us out on Instagram or Facebook. Um, we have a website that just went up. Feel free to go there and donate. I mean, every every dollar helps. Hell um, yeah. The, the beauty of the program itself is the way that it is now is that it, it doesn't take a ton, you know, to impact a lot of people. We can keep filling up these classes and it's only just takes me hours out of my day. And I, I, I hope that it just continues to grow. But yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously right now we're, we're strongly uh, in need of donations and funds to keep the program going and keep it alive. We'll have merch uh, soon listed on the on the website. Should be able to buy shirts and all that kind of stuff. I got me a sweet shirt. I didn't wear yep. it today, but I have one. Yeah, yep. we got more stuff coming. That makes out, me so. look better, almost as good as Rob. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> almost. <Yeah. laughs> Hold on. There's a lot of silence in here. Yeah. Where's my cricket sound? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I, I want to kind of go forward. We'll save some of this bar, uh, barbell saves project. I want to dive into you. I want to dig a little bit more of you, but not 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 in that direction. But sure. let's talk about uh, let's talk about core values. I think that's important. Like, what do you think your core values are as a as a person? Like, or have they changed over time? Like, uh, I know this is kind of putting you on the spot. No, but, it's okay. But like, it's what, totally putting what me on the spot. The, but let me what think are about the it. pillars of Rob Best? Like, what do you think the most important things are, and and how? We, yeah. Yeah. Honesty. Yeah. Honesty is number one. Uh, it's literally the foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is something that was been drilled into me early on, um, early on in my recovery. So I, I'm not the same person psychologically that I was when I was an addict or even as a teenager. I, I can, I, I'm not that person anymore. I can still hear the thoughts from the old me mm. and I don't do that anymore. Yeah. Um, so yeah, being honest, whether that's sharing my fears or, um, yeah, like th- that's definitely number one. Um, core values. When you say honesty, are you better Literal. at being, being honest with people or you want people to be honest with you or both mm-hmm. ways? No, oh, I, I stay on my side of the street. You know, it's, <laughs> it's just about me being honest. It's, yeah, with it's yourself. the way that I stay sane. Yeah. Because I can, I'm a liar and a manipulator, like at my core. So if I. Aren't we all, dude? Yeah, I, that, that's a slippery slope. Mm. If I start lying a little bit, I start lying a lot really quick. <laughs> So I, I just try to be as open and honest mm. uh, at all times. And if I catch myself, then I try to correct myself. Do you think that part of your brain never is going to go away? Like, no. Huh. No, I mean, I'm convinced I can't do anything about it. Yeah. No, it, that, that, sick, so you just, that sick thinking is like, it's still there. Mm. Like I can still feel myself slip into that. It's not far away. Mm. Um, how do you keep it? How do you keep it at bay? Well, being sober helps. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that goes out to everybody. Like, yeah. I mean, People get themselves into so much trouble, they just don't realize it, whether it's drinking on the weekends or smoking weed every day or mm. whatever it is that they do. Once I got sober, every day has been so much easier for me. It's just so much. I don't cheat on my, my wife now, but I don't cheat on my girlfriends. Yeah. You know, I, don't, I don't do any of the dumb stuff that I used to do. But um, yeah, I mean, I would say that staying sober is really most important most part of being sober. Important. Most important part of being sober is being sober. Yeah, most part about being sober for me is just not. I don't. I don't slip up. I'm. I'm, mm. I'm able to take one day at a time, not to be too corny, but like it's. No, that's everything. It is everything. Just wake it up, is everything. Have a plan. See through it. Yeah. Repeat. So we usually like to end these episodes with like a favorite quote or something that you really think people need to hear, and maybe you put some thoughts to this. Cause I can see the wheels turning. But what do you um, think? Like, if you could put a message out into the universe to help everyone that listens to this, what would it be? 
that it is absolutely possible to turn your dreams into a reality. Whoa, dude, my brain just exploded. It is. Whatever you dream, like whatever you think you should be doing, go do it. Yeah. Yeah. You're lucky I didn't drop an F-bomb right yeah. there. I'm so serious about it. I would have liked to. Yeah. Uh, Riley acts like he cares about the, the language, but you know, yeah, you, you say what you want to say. It's all yeah. good. Yeah. Well, if our guest cuss and I kind well, of follow Jared, suit. I saw Jared on the episode. Oh, he, he swore. Yeah, and he I was like, oh gosh. I heard all the moms that listen to my podcast like, oh. I know. <laughs> well, that might be the editor's problem. I don't but know. But he's a dirty fighter pilot. That guy, That's what I expect man, from him. That, I don't know, man. He, <laughs> he's, uh, he's a good guy. I wish I, I haven't seen him lately. Has he been around here? He helped us move yesterday. What a man. See, he look, did. every we time I try to say move, and there he was. They try to say something bad about someone and then they're just like, oh, well, he did something you didn't have to do for someone else. Oh. He was late, though. He was 15 minutes late. Oh, okay, good. good. You know what yeah. else he did? He donated to help homeless puppies at the grocery yeah. store the other day. <laughs> of course, so. the, perfect, the perfect human, yes. Jerry McCauley. All right, well, that's solid. I think that's that's good. Yeah, Rob, yeah. thanks for having us. We, uh, yeah. if, you're, if you're ever in the North Phoenix area and you want to try CrossFit out, Contact CrossFit Uru and uh, give follow it, him give on it a Instagram shot. at CrossFit Uru. Or if you're an addict or know an addict <laughs> or an alcoholic who's struggling, uh, reach out to us. Yeah. Reach out to me on my, uh, I'm sure my email is on our website and on our Instagram. Message yeah. us. Reach whatever. out, please. I, I feel like the, the addiction, there is no limits on that. There yeah. is no. Everyone, everyone listening knows someone, right? Yeah. Now they're all thinking about someone in their head. They're totally. like, yeah, I know somebody. Heck yeah. Cool. Hell yeah. Love that. Well, thanks for joining us. Hell yeah, right on. yeah, yeah. Thanks.